Hello and welcome to Giant Mess, a sloppy sports and entertainment talk show that covers a little bit of everything. It's all over the map, from the New York football giants to New York baseball Mets. Movie recaps and reviews, TV show reactions, a little bit of comedy mixed in for good measure. It's hosted by a giant mess. That's me, the real singe Neil Lynch. I'm an Irish-Italian-American who graduated from a Catholic high school but is not Catholic. Whoa, twist. And then I earned a couple of overpriced degrees from an overpriced university that's known for producing doctors and lacrosse players. And I really do hate to burst your bubble, but I'm not a doctor. And I never played lacrosse. Not a day in my life, son. You can leave a voicemail at 862 248 1986 You can follow Giant Mess on YouTube. Make sure you subscribe to that. But yeah, Real Cinch on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, Facebook.com slash Giant Mess. NeilLynch.com if you're into the blog thing. And then you can, uh, it's pretty much this here pod, this cast is available everywhere, dude. Everywhere. Every time you open your eyes, there I am. On today's episode, we're going we're gonna to talk some Giants. Where the Giants kissed their sister. With tongue and uh, in the week 13 game against the Washington Commanders, led by Taylor, Tyler Haneke, Heine Kisser. So, we'll recap that, we'll take a look ahead at the this weekend's game against the Philadelphia Feebles, the Eagles, coming into the Meadowlands. And uh, I mean, uh, you know, it's not gonna be pretty. So, with that, let's get started. So I wasn't able to recap the Lions game, and I wasn't able to preview the Cowboys game, and I wasn't able to recap the Cowboys game. What the hell were you guys doing? Were you just waiting with bated breath? With masturbated breath? What were you doing? Hopefully you weren't holding your breath. If you did this entire time and you're still breathing, God bless. Appreciate you. Hell of a lung capacity on you. But yeah, Lions game, real quick, one minute recap, one minute man. Uh, one, one minute, man. That was the end of the season. <laughs> that was my recap. If I were to do a knee-jerk reaction in the moment, I would have told you, yeah, that's the end of the season. You can't lose to the Lions at home in conditions, weather conditions, that uh, that it's like this is like New York Giants football, right? That's New York Giants playoff football. That's like our home field advantage is having some domes, scrub dome team that doesn't know how to play in weather like this, come in and get washed by us because we know how to handle the elements. And instead, the Lions looked like the Giants playoff teams of yesteryear with their ability to handle the cold weather, the wind, everything. And uh, we lost to Dory Jackson. Everyone saw that coming. Got hurt on a punt return. We lost Wandale Robinson for the year. Uh, you know, it was his breakout game. First receiver to cross 100 yards in this season, I think was the stat. And, um, yeah, so I was pretty much like, I don't see us winning another game. <laughs> I really, really don't. Not with the injuries. My God, the injuries. Brutal. I don't think Daniel Jones played that well. Two bad picks, one to uh, Aiden Hudson, and then another one um, later in the game, Isaiah Hodgins with a fumble when we're trying to make a comeback. Um, yeah. I mean, it was, it was, a lot of people were saying it was reminiscent to or of the, the 2000 Giants when, when we lost to a fairly subpar Lions team then. And then that's when Jim Fossil has had his famous uh, 
playoff guarantee speech in the post game where he's like, I'm pushing all my chips to the middle of the table. We're going to the playoffs. And then they did. And they went to the Super Bowl. And then they got bumped in the buttocks by the Ravens. Truly disappointing. Went from a blowout to a blowout. Blew out the Vikings in the championship, blew, got blown out in the in the Super Bowl against the Ravens. Uh, Graham Gano 0 for 2 on extra points. Uh, meanwhile, Badgley on the other side of the coin, 4 or 4 on extra points, 1 on 1 on field goals. Like, turns out Gano was sick. He had like four IV bags, so I guess he's excused. And then Jamie Gillen still stinks. Which you look at his numbers in the box score and you're like, okay. And then you watch the game and you're like, wow, this guy, like, he can't. He just can't figure it out. It's tough. A lot of people, uh, uh, myself included, thought that Saquon Barkley was running a little timid. He played 76% of the snaps. I, I was thinking that Matt Breida would get more snaps considering that we got a big division rival game on Thanksgiving the next week. Um, so Barkley didn't look like himself. Uh, Slayton topped all wide receivers, followed by Hodgins and then Galladay, who uh, saw the most action of 2022 in that game and then promptly disappeared. <laughs> next two weeks Lawrence Cager got the most snaps out of all tight ends and there was Tanner Hudson who officially has been waived and then Chris Myrick Shane Lemieux started and stunk he was replaced by Josh Azudu who promptly got hurt Tyree Phillips goes down after 14 steps Matt Parrott fills in and didn't do that great John Felicio Vasiliano goes down after 55 snaps Nick, Nick Gates fills in and actually does well and a lot of people calling for him to be the starting center moving forward I think he might have been in the Cowboys game, or I don't, know, I don't know. Michael McFadden started and sucked, and then he was replaced by Tate Crowder and uh, Adoree Jackson. Only had eighteen snaps before the injury. Um, you know, bad DPI call and McFadden led to a Lions score. No DPI in a Lions corner covering Wondell Robinson. Uh, refs just refusing to call a delay of games in the Lions happened two or three times. Um, you know, I, I don't really like where the play calling has been going of recent, but now we're, you know, the all 22s are revealing that it's, be, you know, McCaffrey is calling the game very conservatively because our interior offensive line is unshambles. So yeah, that was the Lions game. <laughs> and uh, head, heading into that Thanksgiving game against the Cowboys, I honestly thought we were going to get blown out. I thought it was going to be like a 56 nothing game. I really did. I just don't see how you can go into that game missing all the players that we were missing. And the Cowboys have like the number one defense in the NFL, you know, Dax back. It's just recipe for disaster. And of course, what happens? We get out to an early lead. We were actually up at halftime. Hey, who knew? 13, what? 13, 10. And, um, and then we just all went to shit in the second half. <laughs> it's just like... You know, I think the big play that everyone kind of harped on and harped on and harped on for the rest of the week after that loss was um, the fourth and one call. Was it fourth and one or fourth and three where Jones throws to Barkley and not a great throw, but also Barkley maybe should make that catch. I think, you know, there was another play where the Cowboys hit that play and I think it scores or goes, you know, with inside the Giants five. So like... Yeah, everyone was harping on that all week, which was fun on the old timeline to see that over and over again. Who's to blame? Who's to blame? Let's blame someone. Let's blame. Let's point that finger. Point that finger. Uh, and what does that do, dude? I don't know. It just like, you know, 
I mean, everyone wants someone to blame, and it's just like, just fucking, they both could have done better. Boom, end of story. We now have to like, uh, we now have to determine their futures based on that one throw and incompletion. Jones isn't the guy. Barkley shouldn't be resigned. It's like, okay, 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 okay. Cool, dude. Cool, cool, cool. Misery. Misery, misery, misery. Um, yeah, so that was the Cowboys game. I mean, be nice to put two halves together. I think I can say that, right? Kind of sucks that we just can't string two halves together consecutively in the same games. Sorry, excuse me. It's either we stink in the first half and then we're good in the second half. Now it's getting to the point where like, we stink for three quarters and we're good for one quarter. Uh, you know, I, I didn't, people were getting excited about OBJ, Odell Schmeckham Schmunier. And uh, I'm just not, you know, everyone's like, come home, come home. We got so excited when we, we brought Landon Collins back and he's like playing two games. <laughs> it's like, it's, this is not the, these aren't the guys you're looking for. These aren't the guys that who, are what they were they're just not you know Landon Collins can't get off the freaking practice squad despite numerous in injuries to our secondary uh. and OBJ is a 30 year old receiver with multiple ACL injuries wouldn't it be I mean you can't you see how this is all going to unfold it's like okay he comes back to the Giants on I guess a decent deal Everyone thinks that he's gonna play this year. He probably won't. If they do, if they do rush him back this year, he'll get hurt, or he'll be ineffective. And then how's that gonna affect the rest of his contract? I mean, how long are you signing this guy for? I just don't. I, you know, I just don't think he's 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 not gonna even be remotely close to who he was when he was with us. And I have a feeling that he's gonna miss a lot of games due to injury. And it's like maybe he'll have one game where it's like. You know, five catches, 80 some odd yards, maybe a touchdown. And like, that's going to be the highlight of his second stint with us. <laughs> I just, I, I think there are better options. Do I want to see him on the Cowboys? No, just go to the Bills and be the fourth receiver there. <laughs> and, uh, you know, come up with like two or three catches a game. You know, of course we could use him, but it's like a healthy him. And I don't know that you're, he's, he's just not going to be 100% healthy especially with this fucking turf monster that just devours all our young talent. Um, so the commander's game, uh, if I had to give a preview, it'd be like, we're about to get, we're about to get trounced. I mean, they, they beat the Eagles pretty handedly, forced them into a lot of mistakes. Uh, their front defensive front is just insatiable and our offensive line sucks. I don't get bowels. So like, you fear for Daniel Jones' life, pretty much. Their running game, uh, the commander's running game is coming around. And, you know, our run defense smells very foul. And uh, sure enough, our defense stepped up. I'll say that. I mean, you know, would I have liked them to be a little bit more buttoned up on that last commander's drive? Not the last one, but the, the, the scoring drive where they – uh, Dotson just like everyone forgot how to tackle and Dotson just kind of waltzed into the end zone with like two minutes left to go in the game it's like could have used it then would have been nice to be stiff as a board stiff as a board but no they allowed that to happen and it was mostly because the, a guy I've never freaking heard of before like never heard of before like this like fourth quarter of this game third or fourth quarter of this game I had never I didn't even know this guy was on the freaking field Zion Gabriel? 
I guess. And then Heineke's like, oh, yeah, I don't know that guy. I've never heard of him before, so let's just attack him. And they did that, and it took great success. That fourth down play where he rolls to his left, getting pressure from three or four giants, and he just lofts it up in the air and it just falls nice, gently into a commander's hands. Hmm. You know, stuff like that, dude. We got five sacks, which I think is tremendous. Way to go, guys. Kudos. Proud of you. So the defense had its had its moments, you know. Aziz Ojalari returns. He gets a sack, strip sack. Came on Thibodeau, had the best game of his career thus far, his rookie season. He had a pretty awesome game against the Cowboys as well. So it looks like he's coming around, and like if this is what we get every week, then hell yeah, dude. Not so busty after all. Um, we got down early in this game. It looked pretty ugly. And then we stormed back, and it was like, okay, maybe we just we slow start, shaking off the post-Thanksgiving doldrums, working off that turkey, you know? We're going to have that food coma. And um, we looked like world beaters there for a good quarter or two. Or it was just like commanders couldn't move the ball and we were moving the ball. And, and then the offense just completely shut her down. Just couldn't do anything. Six or seven drives where it was like three and out or like 60 yards total. It was just disgusting. <laughs> um, we lost time of possession. We weren't that great on third down. We didn't have as many penalties as the commanders. Same amount of turnovers, uh, you know, one. Although we did force three fumbles. It just sucks we couldn't. Like that that hit that Thibodeau had on Heineke. Mm. Mm-mm. How many other quarterbacks cough that ball up? I feel like a lot. I feel like the majority of NFL quarterbacks, as good as they may be, would cough up that ball getting smoked from behind by uh, KT. So it's like... You know, the ball bounces a different way. Any one of five different chances, I think there was, there were, it could have gone either way. And if one of those goes our way, it's like we win the game. <laughs> you know, it's like Feliciano's uh, unnecessary, unsportsmanlike conduct penalty. You know, he says he was flexing towards uh, Darius Slayton, which I think makes sense. It's like, why would Feliciano on a pass pro come up and flex to a bunch of Cowboys who aren't even he wasn't blocking. That makes more sense that he comes up and he's like, way way to be strong, Darius Slayton. And of course we get flagged for that. And that kicks us out of field goal range. Oh my God. You know, I guess I guess, you know, DJ played good. I think he played well. Um, I'm not that crazy about all the design runs, especially with the way that he's running with the ball now. I mean, I can't believe he hasn't gotten hurt. I mean, you know, he's a big dude. But he's taking on bigger dudes, and they're they're not being too they're not handling him with kid gloves like they're not they're not trying to you know f him gently like they are they're laying the lumber and uh, I just I just feel like it's a, it's a, it's only a matter of time before he takes a design run and gets popped and then he's out and then there goes our season. Um, Saquon still doesn't look like he's a hundred percent, and people are saying it's the shoulder, which I buy. But he injured that shoulder against the Packers, and he was—he still had some pretty decent games after that. So I don't—I don't know that's his shoulder. I, I think it's something else. I don't know, but he's just inefficient in the passing game. 
you know, he's, you can see he's very timid on uh, pass blocking. He's just not hitting the hole like he was earlier in the season. So I don't know what's going on with him. You would think they would turn to Brita more just as a, just to give Saquon more breathers um, and, you know, rest him up a little bit. Maybe not take so many shots to the shoulder, but no, he's just Brita's like a non-factor, which I think is a mistake. Um, Slayton played 92% of snaps. He had six catches. Uh, of course, the, the big, Again, another one single play that everyone's just like murdering on my timeline is the was the fourth quarter last drive where we decided to go deep first pet first play. Slayton's open. He does have he's kind of boxed. He's got he's bracketed by two commanders, but they're kind of off of him. They're not playing close. And of course, DJ doesn't deliver the best of balls. Slayton goes up and gets his paws on it. And uh, can't can't haul it in. Very reminiscent of Landon Collins, speak of the devil, going up and dropping that interception against the Patriots in 2015, a game that we should have won and did not. Hodgins played 80% of snaps, had a handful of catches, his first touchdown. He's essentially doing what we thought Kenny Galladay would do. Not exactly a carbon copy. I mean, similar frame, similar build, but uh, I don't see them throwing a lot of the uh, roots or patterns that Galladay would. Like, I think Gaudet is Mr. Contested Catch. That means a lot of, like, deep digs over the middle and fades and back shoulders and stuff like that. I just don't see Hodgins really doing that just yet. Uh, Darren Payne and Jonathan Allen were problematic, to say the least, for us. Uh, but somehow we managed to keep Montez Sweat at bay. Chase Young was out, but he's going to be back for the Week 15 game, which has been flexed to Sunday Night Football. Daniel Jones is officially 0 for 9 in primetime games. That was a little bit of an eye-opener. I assumed that we weren't good in primetime games. Didn't think that he has yet to win a game when the lights go low. So probably chalk this up. Probably chuck up that week 15 Sunday night football game as an L, and then there goes our playoff hopes. But stranger things have happened. Um, defensive side of the ball, we said the Kayvon balled out. Um, Dexter Lawrence was a freaking menace, just like bullying people, throwing people aside, and uh, just wreaking general havoc. Uh, great to have Aziz back, and uh, unfortunately, Leo. Leonard Williams exited with injured neck. I don't know what the update is there. Sucks if he's out for any amount of time because it's like, we just got the band back together. You know, it feels like uh, that stretch of time where um, we had all these goddamn receivers and we couldn't get them, keep them all on the field. I think it was like Odell, Victor, uh, what the fuck's his name? Marshall, Brandon Marshall. Evan Ingram, like we had all these weapons and they just could not get them all on the field at the same time. And then uh, there was like a one game where we did and then it lasts a quarter. <laughs> so um, would really would really be nice if they could inject some platelets into his neck, whatever platelets they gave Peyton Manning, maybe score a dose of that from the back alley doctor, a little Tijuana medicine for that neck. And then uh, get him back in the mix because, uh, I mean, we can see what 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 kind of unit we are when when we got those four up front. Julian Love was all over the field. Someone sent out a tweet that his market value is like five years, eight million a year, something like that. Crazy, just crazy. 
what how far he's come. Um, and he's been pretty much Mr. Consistent. I don't think he's had too many bad games, bad drives, bad plays. And um, special teams. So defense, I mean, you know. You know, can you imagine? I, 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 I'm very um, excited about the future of the defense. I will say that. I don't think I. I don't know what to. Exp- I don't know what to think about our offense in the future. There, I just it, it could be. It could look like eight of the eleven starters could be different by the time twenty twenty three rolls around. <laughs> you know, we could just. It could look so different next year. Um, but something has to change on that side of the ball. It's for show. Defensive side of the ball, though, we got a pretty good. You know, there's talks about extending Leonard Williams. I guess that makes sense. You know, you you should probably extend Dexter Lawrence. You should probably extend a bunch of the guys um, early. You know, so you can avoid the, the the mega hit once their contract actually does expire. So, I think defense is in a good spot. Offense is. Uh, I don't know how we're even. I mean, it's it's impressive that despite our struggles moving the ball and how we don't put up a ton of yards our passing game is pretty much one of the worst in the league that we're still able to put up 10, 20 points, you know, I think if this, you know, and the coaching staff has been praised the first half of the season, most of the season. And then it's this recent like four game stretch, five game stretch where they're coming into question is because we're losing the games. Um, you know, if we lose, half the we could have lost all seven of the wins that we had if the ball bounces a different way you know it's like and then we're looking at the coach like same old bullshit we're oh and seven we're one and six you know it's like but we managed to squeak by on luck or whatever you want to assign it to but now we're not getting the bounces and now we're not winning the games and so now the coaching is coming to question but i mean you can't he can't say that mike kafka's play calling hasn't 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 sucked he just can't it's not sucked but and and i get i get the his the the, those defending him saying you know well you know he tries here and there to do what we want him to do or what we're hoping for and the line just can't comply the line can't contribute you know so there were some stats thrown out there today about Glowinski and how he's just like one of the worst guards in the league and is right there with, you know, his pass protection among veterans is the worst. There are only rookies that are worse than him in pass protection. So, you know, the word was that Bredersen was supposed to return. I didn't see him on the field. But say you throw Gates at center and you put Bredersen at one guard and Azudu as the other guard it's a little bit better i guess <laughs> but uh neil looked evan neil returned and he looked pretty good i think he held up fairly well you have andrew thomas so the bookends are pretty much solidified i think gates you know knock on wood everything looks like it's going fairly going swimmingly if he can continue to do what he do you know i think he's our center because i don't think he looks great at guard i think he uh he struggled at guard and then, you know, Azudu maybe develops into something special. I don't know about Bredersen. I, I know that there's been talk about how he's upped his game week by week. But, you know, I think that's the key areas to address. The guard position. Just keep throwing guards out there. Throw some bodies at the problem. Um, you know, 
As far as special teams goes, there was a big miss from Joey Sly, who previously had hit seven field goals in a row that were from 50 yards or more. And then Graham Gano, who beat us with a 63-yarder in 2018. Graham Gano beats us with a 63-yarder in 2018. And then he can't hit a field goal from 58 yards. What the fudge, dude? Um, he, met, he was short by... they. The, um, it's crazy that they didn't show how close he was, which means in my head, he must not have been very close. And the fact that there was no fan in that entire stadium had their camera out and was, was recording that to see where it fell and how short he was, it's just beyond me. But anyway, yeah, he was five yards short. I mean, he was dead on. You know, if it had the distance, it's good. Um, but it was five yards short. And so um, now there's, you know, there's a bunch of people saying, well, first and foremost, he should have been at least five to 10 yards, 10 yards closer. The uh, completion, huge throw, huge catch by Richie James, huge throw by DJ to get into uh, commander's territory in field goal range. They had a bad spot. James gets up to give the ball to ref. Commander's player messes with him, disrupts that, interrupts that. That should be a delay game. And then on that very ensuing play, uh, Commander's defensive line was offside. So either one of those, you know, we'll take it. And then that would have been a, yeah, the, the kick is good. Giants win. And uh, we escape with a W. Instead, we, we tie. And no one knows how to react. Apparently, the locker room was quiet as all hell. No laughing, no joking, no talking, and it's like, yeah, well, you missed a you missed a huge opportunity um, to get up on the Commanders to get closer to a playoff berth, and now it's pretty much looks like the Commanders have the edge for that for that last maybe not even that last spot they might even lock up the sixth spot because I I think maybe the Seahawks or I don't know about the 49ers after Garoppolo got hurt but you got to feel like the Seahawks or the Niners. Or even the freaking Lions, dude. Lions are on a tear, on a roll. Took the Bills down to the wire on Thanksgiving. They're no joke. And then didn't they just beat someone this past weekend? I don't know. But uh, they'd they'd have to win out to to make it, and I, I think they could. <laughs> I don't know. They just they're they're believing hard over in Motown. But the tie. Ugh. Last tie between these two is 1997, the Gus Farratt game, where old Gus scores and then just headbutts a concrete wall. In his defense, it is a padded wall, so he probably thought it would be a nice cushion, but no dice. He can cuss himself. That was the last time we tied way back in 97. That was the last tie between two teams in the NFC East as well. So we're now 7-4-1. and one. And uh, we have the Eagles coming in town. The Philadelphia Eagles, who are now 9-1 and one, and blew the Titans out of the freaking water, dude. No contest. A.J. Brown looks unstoppable. He's a freak. Jalen Hurts is doing his thing. Talks about him being an MVP, which is bonkers. But this is where we are. Wouldn't it be nice to steal one? I was thinking about this, and I was like, well, uh, my head logically, realistically says... Uh, the Eagles are going to come in and just pulverize us, embarrass us, and it's just going to be—it's going to be silly. 
Like, and I don't even know how you bounce back from that and then try and beat the commanders after getting thoroughly rogered on your home turf. But I don't know. Maybe this is a case of the Eagles are riding high. They overlook us. Maybe they don't take us seriously. Maybe something weird happens. You know, I like our defense's chances as long as uh, the Eagles are not allowed to run the ball. <laughs> I don't know if that's a Like, can we institute that rule? The last five matchups have not been pretty. 34-10, although I guess we did beat them 13-7. Huh. And then we beat them 27-17. Huh. Freaking Joe Judge, dude. <laughs> Say what you will about Joe Judge. He had the Eagles number. Um, we had that one-point loss in 2020. Oh, my God. And then we got smoked 34-17 in uh, 2019. So uh, we'll see. I mean, this is the first. We don't know how Dables will fare against <laughs> the Eagles. You know, Judge had his luck uh, there for a little bit. And so we'll see. But um, Giants are 4-2-1 and one at home. Eagles are 5-0 and oh on the road. Eagles have the second most points scored per game. Yikes. They have allowed the seventh least points per game. Yikes. I'm getting texts and sexts. Okay. They're number one in takeaway differential, plus 12. And um, they have the best defensive passing unit in the league, thanks to James Bradbury and uh, Darius Slay and all that that going on. Although Gardner Johnson, I think, is down and out for the rest of the year. So there's that. Um, we're sixth in rushing yards per game. They're fifth in rushing yards per game. We're eighth in takeaway differential. And, um, yeah, I mean, uh, just maybe stop the run and double up AJ Brown, like make Devante Smith beat us. You got to pick your poison. So it's like, we cannot and will not and should not allow AJ Brown to run amok. So let's just double, triple, quadruple his booty. And allow, let's just let Devontae Smith run around. Just make sure he doesn't slip past us. You know, don't get, let him get behind you. But, um, yeah, I just, I think this is, maybe we'll, I feel like it might be a repeat of the Dallas game where it's like we keep it close, maybe we're up at half, and then the, the, the fucking wheels come off in the second half. We had 18 players listed on the friggin' injury report for week 13, and that's not including IR. And it's, I don't think it's looking that much better for... <laughs> Uh, week 14 against the against Philly. Um, I don't know how Hurts holds up against the Blitz. Is this a game where Wink says, you know what? We're not going to Blitz. I don't see that happening. Um, I think they, you know, the commander's offensive line wasn't exactly 100% healthy, which probably made us look way better. But I guess just bring the friggin' house, dude. And then we need a spy on Hurts. Do we have a spy? That we can put on Hertz. Landon Collins, can you are you still alive? You know? Um, I think it's odd. The coaching staff makes a lot of interesting choices, you know, and they're now hearing about it from from players. Take Crowder, Rodarius Williams voicing their opinion on, on social media. And it's like, well, I, I mean, I could see if you were it was one thing if you were playing well, but you're just you're not. I don't know. Ruffling a lot of feathers, but that happens with change, right? That happens with massive change, with turnovers, layoffs, that kind of thing. You're going to have a lot of change. The seas, the winds of change are blowing, I believe the expression is. And so that can that can rub people the wrong way. 
I've been a little perplexed and flummoxed by some of the decisions that this coaching staff has made, but we didn't really question it too much because they were winning. And now that they're not winning, we're like one, three and one in our last five. Yee. And we have the toughest schedule, remaining schedule of any team in the NFL. So chips are down, friends. Chips are down. Hopes are not exactly up. But this is where legends are made, right? Say we sneak one from the Eagles. I mean, there's a the very healthy possibility that the Eagles just just go sixteen and one and rest or fifteen and one and rest all their players in the finale. We can only hope. And then we can pull, we can sneak one away there. Um, going into Washington and trying to beat the commanders on Sunday night football. Eh, would be nice. First prime time win would be nice. And then that would put us in the driver's seat. You know, there was all these graphics circulating before the commanders game. Like, well, the Giants win, their playoff probability goes up to 80 plus percent. And the commanders win likewise. And it's like they lose. If each either team loses, it goes down to like 40 some odd percent. And it's like they tied. There wasn't a graphic for that. Didn't include that on the graphic because no one saw that coming. But so the commanders now seven, five and one. We're seven, four and one. They get the bye, so they're going to be nice and fresh for our Sunday night football game, which is not, especially after coming off a division game. The schedule makers, dear God, do we really need this many divisional games right in a row? Good Lord. And then we have, uh, yeah, so Eagles game. Hmm. I don't know. Maybe this is also the kind of game where it's similar to the that finale in, against New England, where it's like, we put up a hell of a fight, and we 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 go all ten rounds. We go toe to toe, and we have the opportunity to win, and we don't. But it's it's like a moral victory, you know, that kind of confidence boost type thing, where we say to ourselves, "Hey, we just went up against the the I guess the best team in the NFL right now, record wise, and um, we we almost got them. That would be a nice little performance. Would love to see it, but um, I don't know. Maybe Wink's got something up his sleeve." I don't think I think Kafka is completely out of tricks. I don't think he knows what the hell to do anymore, given the state of the O line and uh, how banged up Barkley is. Again, I think you lean on Slayton like you did this time. You got to give him eight, ten targets. Hodgins is, is emerging as a nice two. James is a okay three. Um, you know, relatively speaking. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know <coughs> that any of these guys would be starting on a any other roster, but I, I say that. But Slayton's, you know, the advanced stats show that he's one of the top ten receivers in the league when it comes to route running and separation and all that jazz. All the advanced analytics say that he's uh not too shabby. So is he a wide receiver one? No. He currently is by default, but my God. I mean, this is what we got so excited about in 2019 and started to fall off in 2020, lost it in 2021. Um, but he's back rounding up back into shape, into form. And wouldn't it be nice to have him be that nice vertical, deep thread, big play guy as our number three, even our number two. So I, nice to have Daniel Bellinger back, come back from the eye injury, has the fucking sweet visor, looking like Darth Vader and shit. And, um, had for like five catches, pretty decent. No touchdowns though, I don't think. Um, but it's good to see him back in the fold. Good to see Evan Neal back in the fold. 
and hopefully Leonard Williams isn't too too uh, messed up. I, I you know I think the Eagles are favored by at least a touchdown or more, but I don't know. You know, we're not in that clubhouse, but the the the, the feeling in that clubhouse could very well be, even though the 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 picture being painted now by the media is that Dable has lost the locker room, which is just I don't know about that. A couple disgruntled. I mean, there, I'm sure there's more than a few disgruntled players because their 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 decision making has been somewhat radical. You know, I don't think a lot of coaching staffs would just bury Kenny Galladay like this. I don't see that happening with a lot of rosters. Um, so I'm sure there's a contingency of that locker room that's like fuck this noise, but I don't think a lot of that contingency is starting or playing a lot. So it's like, um, and it's hopefully it doesn't go viral, you know. But maybe this clubhouse takes a look at this tie and says, holy shit, look how close we were to losing this game. Also, look how close we were to winning this game against a hot Commanders team. I think the Commanders were, had won something like six or seven. They were, they, they were six and one over the last seven games. They were the hot. I mean, I saw it with my own two eyes. The hottest team in the NFL, Washington Commanders, over the past seven weeks. You know, We caught the Lions when they were getting hot. We caught the Seahawks when they were getting hot. So it's like we're not we're not catching many breaks as many breaks as I guess we caught in the early half of the season. We're not catching those breaks in the second half. We're not getting no favors. So um yeah, I think people chalked going into the commanders game, people were chalking that as like, we'll just need we just beat the commanders twice and then beat the Colts and then we're in. And it's like, uh, now we tied. She um so let's take a look at the playoff picture, y'all. Let's take a friggin' look. Eagles eleven and one, Vikings ten and two, uh, Niners eight and four. They lose Jimmy Garoppolo though, and they have Brock Purdy, Mister Irrelevant, come in and, and win against the Dolphins, a very good team that some thought might pull off the AFC East crown from uh, the Buffalo Bills. The Bucks with like, you know, it was sixteen three, right in that game last night, Monday night. And uh, I had placed bets. Uh, I teased the line, the spread, so there was Bucks plus three and a half, and then I obviously the under because neither of those teams' offenses are scoring a lot of points these days, and their defenses are staunch. The Bucks are now six and six, so it kind of looks like the Bucks have righted the ship, maybe after a win like this, and probably should win the NFC South because the Falcons, you know, are kind of all over the place, and uh, despite. What the Panthers have done without Christian McCaffrey and Baker Mayfield, um, I don't see them making a run for it either. So, yeah, the Cowboys at five right now. The Giants six, Commanders seven. Right. <coughs> Pro uh, PlayoffStatus.com has us um, having better odds of securing the seven spot, but our best odds are no playoffs, which is amazing considering we were at like eighty to ninety percent. We were at ninety percent once, and it wasn't like. Week two, it was like week seven or eight. We had that 90% chance of making the playoffs. Um, and then you had the Seahawks just sitting. The Seahawks, Lions, Packers, Falcons kind of in the hunt, I guess. Although, realistically, it's just the Seahawks. Although, you never know what the freaking Lions, dude. That would be a hell of a story. Hey, hey if they fucking pull that off and, and win out and go 10-7 and seven and make the playoffs, I'm officially rooting for them to win the Super Bowl. I am then a Lions fan, but it looks like odds are you'd have uh, probably the Commanders 
get the six and then the Seahawks get the seven. And we're just peeking over that fence. Hey, you guys having fun on the playoffs? Wish we could be invited. No clue why I have that accent. ESPN's FPI football power index has us ranked 26th. Oh, brother. We're officially below the Raiders. Unbelievable. The Cardinals, the Jaguars, a team that we freaking beat, the Chargers, the Saints, Steelers, and the freaking Falcons, dude. We're that low, which is, I don't know. I don't know. I'm very curious about that power index, for sure, for sure. I get it. Our offense stinks, and our defense, rush defense, not great, but they don't allow a lot of points, and our special teams is not that great. So I don't know, maybe. Um, 538's predictions, they have this weird uh, ELO reading. There's a QB-adjusted ELO forecast and a traditional ELO forecast, so I have both right here in front of my face. The QB-adjusted ELO. Has Eagles one, Vikings two, Bucks three. No, probably Niners three, Buccaneers four, and then the Seahawks and Commanders. And we're just we're just right there on the cusp. Fifty one percent chance of making the playoffs according to the QB adjusted ELO rating, and then the Tradish ELO rating has us at forty six percent. So that's that must tell you a little something something about Daniel Jones. Plus five percent differential with with DJ taking snaps. So, you know, yeah, I think that's, uh, that's about it for this episode. <laughs> I wish I, you know, I, I, as down as I am, and I was down like that first quarter into the second quarter when we were down 10 nothing to the commanders on our home field in what many have been calling the biggest game of the past six years, a playoff game, if you will. Where the fans showed up, I believe, and showed out, the commanders immediately took the 70,000, 80,000 people out of it in the first quarter quickly. Um, so you just can't, I just can't do shit like that, man. Like home field, playoffs on the line, playoff atmosphere, everyone's got to be like on point. And maybe that's the lesson we learned against Washington. Maybe, maybe that was the lesson we learned. And we won't make stupid mistakes, and we'll hold on to the ball, and we'll make the we'll make the throw, and it's like, eventually, you know, hopefully, maybe it's like a, a probability and odds and statistics thing where it's like we got all those eggs out of our system, <laughs> you know, those bad eggs are now out, you know, no more drops, no more fumbles, no more uh, bad picks, you know, all the stuff that we were avoiding in the first half, like maybe we can get back to that. But oh boy, I uh, it would suck to miss the playoffs. That would suck. That would really suck. But it's the NFL. Crazy shit happens. No one saw Garoppolo breaking his foot and then having Mr. Irrelevant take the helm in San Francisco. Injuries happen. Maybe something happens to Philly. Maybe something happens to Dallas. Maybe something happens to Washington that affects them like it's affected us because we have half our team in the nurse's room right now getting combed for lice. Okay, that's that's the episode. Thank you so much for listening. I wish you all the best. I wish you much love. God bless. And we'll talk next week. Adios, muchachos.